say Africa must wake up the sleeping sons of Jacob for what tomorrow may bring may our dynasty on the morning bliss can you tell me young ones who are we today you are dealing with all these 37,000 churches around the world one Bible one devil one Jesus they can't just seem to agree on anything so the Anglican being a British church which influences both Swaziland and Kozulu monarchs because of the Anglican royalties and etc. So basically you find that your religiosity is based also on your political dominant culture. But Zimbabwe, the missionaries that came through in the 1800s started off in Kimberley. Actually the mine in Kimberley for diamonds belonged to an Adventist who sold it to them to the DBS. That is the literal history. And um, then they did the great migration into Solusi where they asked for land and to build up the school, Solusi Mission. So it became an educational institution, which now politicians and those who wanted to learn and study came in. So together with the Catholics, so what they did in Zimbabwe, which was quite unique, is that the, the regime of colonialism kind of cut the country into pieces. The Lingua and Berengua area, the Lemba area, it was for the Lutherans. Then Serima, Gokomeria, and other places was for the Catholics. Then Solusi, Bulueo was like for Adventists and with patches, of course, like Loaguelo and Hanky and etc. So you find that if you walk into a space, there's a dominant church, which that's how they try to keep them away from each other. But fortunate enough, on the, on the Adventist side, they managed to get quite a good influence in terms of the quality of education. Andrews University, which is the mother school, sent quite a good, good educational outfit. I went through that, that institution myself, my father having worked for the same Adventist church. So I did from high school, right up into university and... Um, so education was one thing, and then the health message on the other side became another advantage again. And they produced this fine quality of teachers and ministers. And uh, of course, teaching was the more, one of the biggest quali mm. the qualification that any black, when your child was educated, there must be a teacher, a policeman or a nurse. In terms, of, in terms of the influence of the Adventism, and again, the best of Adventism or the ballooning of Adventism happened after the struggle which I, I want to attribute that to the eschatological message. Here is a people coming out from war. Here is us coming out from war. We had lost everything that we had. Farms had been burned down, cattle had been, relatives had, had been killed, and the environment was just toxic for life. The trauma was, he, we, some of us are still, you talk about it, I still hear some quake in my stomach, and, and I could still hear the, the the noises of war. So at the end, in 1980, when independence came through, people had lost faith in life itself. So I think Adventism brings with it this euphoria, this utopia of there's a better land somewhere else. We don't have to worry about this world, guys. There's, there's heaven somewhere there. And someone who has gone there is coming back to take us home. So I think the message echoed quite deeply with the people in despair. The, uh, people broken down, people looking for something that they could hold on to and it became very lucrative because then people did not need to cry over what they had lost. There was a new breeze of hope which was eschatological out there, the parousia. Whereas in New England, Swaziland with the Anglican space, the religion gave you access into what we are doing here, the Queen is also doing. So it aligned your royalty with what the British monarch is doing and Sobosa himself and uh, our Honorable King Makositive being actually, you know, well aligned with, with, with that royal house 
So religion speaks to politics. Religion tries to solve the problems that politics is not solving. So it is a center which sells hope in times of hopelessness and it is a pity when it becomes an opium and a drug that subtracts you from local involvement for future participation. Islam is based on the same principle. It doesn't matter what happens now. If you die, you end up in paradise. And the extremes of that, then there are those who want to go there faster. So I don't have to wait to leave. And I'm not saying all Muslims think like that, but within every denomination, if you become too fundamental in this kind of theology, you end up pulling the thing to the extreme end. So you find people like uh, the Jehovah's Witness and the, the Latter Day Saints. They're actually branches of the Seventh Adventist Church. And even guys like David Koresh, that guy who was trying to reproduce 144,000, and he said he was the only one who was going to make children and got young girls and said the American government bombed him and killed him. All those people. You can Google him, David Koresh. So he was, he was a, an extreme Adventist. But when you create this theology of remnant, the 144,000, the Jehovah's Witnesses, we are the only ones who are going to go to heaven. All of you are not going to go in, only we and our children. So this theology of exclusivity, exclusivity you're the remnant, you're the chosen, you're what, what. Keep on pushing hard on that thing. You end up actually cultic on the, on the extreme end. But, uh, and I think the Anglican Church in your space, Swaziland, it became acceptable because of their tolerance also of cultural norms. So on another day, we shall discuss what is better, a traditional in Pepo or an Anglican in Pepo. At the end of the day, we are all choking from smoke. I mean, imagine in my young days of, of preaching, at 14, 12, 11, 12, 14, when I started actually for the ministry and etc. And I would preach the stories of David and Goliath. You know, this young boy he was hearing cattle, sheep, and uh, he went to find Goliath and picked up five stones and uh, swung his thing and hit Goliath on the head and all that and chopped off his head. And David killed it. His soul killed a thousand, ten thousand. David has killed tens of thousands. What does the church say? Amen. Amen. Wow. I look back now in my old age. I no longer see the sentiments of David fighting Goliath in the sentimental religious expression. I'm looking at that systems. So what are the Goliaths that we are facing as a nation? Can we fight this Goliath while we are putting on Saul's uniform? How do we challenge the system if we are dressed up and we are thinking like them? What are the stones? What are the resources that we need to fight this kind of a Goliath? And David says, but no, man, I've killed bears. I've killed lions. And I cannot be insulted by this monster here. So what are the experiences we are coming from that must give us confidence enough to look at the system, which is now the Goliath, the economic system, the political system, the world, new world order system. We may look like we are small Goliath, the, the Davids, insignificant, but surely if we're able to conquer our battles of the past, we should be able to find some... So when you read these texts, for me... It is, it's no longer just a religious story which mm -hmm. has a historical accuracy. And then all these theologians want to sit around and argue. So when was this text written? What, what, what was the environment? What is the historical... No, 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 no. Just, just forget it. Let's just take it as an allegory. And let's pick up the values. Pick up the, the impetus pick up the marrow of the story and say, in 2021, when I'm speaking to young boys and girls and I introduce them, here is Goliath and you are this David. And what is the strategy? So if you want to hit Goliath, don't hit him on the leg. He's too big. And try and find the spot 
And timing is everything. Mm. When Goliath removed his head to laugh at, to laugh at David and say, you bring me this little fox. Am I a dog? And, and timing is everything. And he hit him on the head. So what is the head of the colonial system? Where's the governance? What's the politics? What is the economics? And until the African identifies where Goliath is the weakest, and time to hit it where it hurts, will never destroy the system. So for me, it's, it is no, it's no longer about standing up in church and saying, someone praise Jesus out there. You are the real embodiment of the text you're trying to read. And until you can find yourself in the text as an expression of the text itself, then throw that book away. It doesn't help you. But if it must help you, you need to stand in those shoes with David. You need to understand what are your fears. You need to understand how your brothers are discouraging you. How do you live in the midst of conflict and discouragement? You need to understand how do you now face up and the whole tribe's welfare is on your shoulders. Take responsibility and face up your Goliaths and do what a man must do. So it's, for me, it, it now begins to speak to our political people, speaks to our young people. Never undermine your stature, no matter how small you are. There is a huge amount of potential and capacity that has been given on your shoulders. If you can do what is humanly possible, surely the spiritual world will come into your rescue. But there's time for battle. So we can't be sitting around and praying that Goliath will disappear. We need someone who can walk up and hit this demon, hit this Goliath, drop this guy and chop off the head. And let us have a celebration after the death of Goliath. And that's a peaceful space of the national unity and sovereignty and indigenity and people finally living in the absence of abuse and insults. So the whole thing of torturing people with weddings and rings and white dresses, the whole issue of making people drink things and uh, you know fumigating people around and condemning ancestral parents and graves. And this whole baggage of what, when people go to church, they think actually they're doing Jesus, they're doing God. You know, they're doing white culture. And this baggage for me is not important. What are the essence, issues of, of, of spirituality? Then I'll even take you to Jesus himself and say, okay, are you ready for spirituality? Number one on one, I'll take you to the river. <laughs> I will put you in the river. And from the river, I want you to find some time of isolation in the wilderness. Go and sit there. And while you're there, deal with the demons. Deal with the devil in that space. Deal with your fears, the things that have been inhibiting you, and fight with them. Conquer the world. Don't be bought or sold. I'll give you the whole world if you bow down to me. Find your identity. What is it that you believe? So, so for me, if you can look into that space, oh, what you Baptist? What was it suggest? I'm saying so in this space. What was it said? What was it said? And he was tempted. So you're not ready to stand in public if you have not been able to kneel in private. So you need to find time of isolation. Then you gather strength from there. Then you can begin to call for your own disciples. So for me, it's about leadership. Learn, after you've learned, teach others and create a legacy of commitment and truthfulness. And, and, and. So the, the whole thing of the Bible, it's, 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 I, think, I think, unfortunately, sorry to say this, it ended up in the hands of dull people. It ended up in the hands of little-minded people who used it to rather colonize people and, and, and forgot that the principles are bigger than a denomination. The principles are bigger than the universe itself. Do unto others what you want others to do unto you.
cuts across Muslims, India, China. I mean, it's a universal principle. That's karma. That's the law of reciprocity. Planting and harvesting. That's, so so some, if, you, if you get into the text and you forget the, the context and, and the intention of the text, you may end up remaining with the text and you have lost context. Therefore, it's a pretext. Every text without context is a pretext. <laughs> I don't think the, even those who call themselves Christians have understood what it means to be a Christian. And when I hear them say they want to be like Jesus, then I really look, I sit up straight. And then I want to find out, are you ready to, to be like Jesus? <laughs> if it means that you carry your cross, if it means that you carry your identity, if it means that you get crucified for what you believe in. So for even the whole idea of the crucifixion of Jesus must not become such a religious sentiment. Then what? Are you going to die for someone also? Or, or, or you are going to use that as a reference of strength to say, do you believe in anything that is worth believing in? As you rightfully said, that it is socialization. Churches create communities, support structures, burial societies, you know, children and friends, people get married. And so you have a support structure. So, and there's a greater percentage of people who are in churches, not for any spiritual purposes, but simply for the socials support that it gives them. Especially yeah. in the urban areas. Yeah. Kung people move away yeah. from their homes Nanzo. and they find themselves here. So basically, no sconi, no sconi, usbali, no malume, uncle. And in case there's a funeral, then you can also have people that gather around to cry. So don't, don't get mixed up. If what you want is a, is a funeral cover, then go and buy a funeral cover. But you cannot use church as a funeral cover. And then you sacrifice your spiritual growth because you want a funeral support. You can rent out people to cry at your feet. Your, now, the, the other day, we're going to advert. We can cry at 1,500. We can cry and break things at 1,200. And we can cry and what? I, I love Someone should have seen it on the media there. But there are levels. Yeah. yeah so, but you can rent the, the, the mourners. Yeah. But in a more serious note, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, the breakdown of the society the dilapidation of the African spiritual and cultural tapestry finds the African now vulnerable at a space of isolation mm -hmm. where you now begin to create this survival, of course, but this artificial support system around yourself that, 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 that is not truthful, but something just like a painkiller society which helps you just to cope, just to... But, but we cannot just live to cope. We need to live in the full. I have come so that they may have life and have life even more abundantly. And, and, and I think with the, it, with this lack of that abundance, the, the truthfulness of this freedom that we are supposed to have. And, and, and people want to live in meager, in meager spaces. Like the other day I was preaching on the story of uh, the, the, the prodigal son. When he came back home, then the, the black book says the, the elder brother refused to get into the house. He says, I'm not going to eat with this boy of yours who was doing other things. And, and the father said, but he, he, he took your things and he went and spent them in the riotous living. And, but me, your son who remained here at home, you never give me even a goat, a kid, to go and spend with my friends. And the father looks at him and says, but boy, why are you talking about the kid? Everything that I have belongs to you. And the sermon title was, why are we crying for? goats when we own bull.
literally in a space of so much abundance, you worried about a goat. <laughs> you want to create a theology of goats <laughs> when actually we are having bulls. So when the Bible says be heads and don't be tails, what does it mean? Be there where the world politics is seen, where it is heard, it is spoken, it is thought, it is delivered. You can't be at the exit. No, where you're just receiving decisions. America talks about COVID and Corona. America talks about viruses. We're all running in there. Come on. Who amongst us has been there to sit in the world councils and planning? I heard the other day that Bill Gates is now projecting that 2025 a new, a new virus is coming. I said, wow. So I, I know a little bit of science. There's a telescope. There's a microscope. There's a speed camera. You can use a certain machine to see other things. So which machine is Bill Gates using, which looks into 2025 and, and see that there's another COVID variant that is coming in 2025? Now, and and you, are, you can see that. So maybe Bill Gates is a prophet. Maybe he's a prophet. But I don't know what machinery. Is it a stethoscope? Is it a telescope? Is it a periscope? <laughs> but then we know that the other people will sit up there and they plan because they are at the head where things happen, the World Economic Forums, the, 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 the World Gut tra Trades on Tariffs Agreements, etc. The United Nations and, and the Davos, the Davos, where they are agreeing on cloning human beings and replacing human beings with machineries and computers and etc. And preserving human bodies for future uses and what. And these things are being discussed. With Elon Musk planning to disappear into the Mars and selling plots in Mars before you even get there and etc. There are people in this world who are sitting and thinking things. And then the Bible says, I want you to be heads and not tails. And still our ministers fail to interpret that passage. To prepare their audience and their members to become heads and not tails. Those that need to hear this message, I speak once, they hear me twice.